Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. It was an incredible weekend. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. week. Yeah. <laughs> We're on the same page already. Yep. You take it. I take it? You take it. What, All was, right. what was so incredible about this week? Where do we even start? Wow. I mean, <laughs> let's see. Not an hour, not even half an hour after we walked out of the studio last Monday. I was already uh, a wreck. <laughs> so we got into we got into some deep things last week about uh you know about love about loss about you know things that move us things that things that move us to our very core and you know and then half an hour later we're standing before um we're standing before the husband of a soon-to-be saint a living he, relic yeah we we were talking about, you know, the times last week we were that we have to give thanks to God and we have to come before Him, you know, and and thinking of, you know, just those moments that that take our breath away, you know, if when God heals us, when God mm-hmm. does something extraordinary in our lives, and and so half and 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 we talked about you know tragedies in our life and overcoming them, and we and 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 because and seeing God's hand and all mm-hmm. that, and then we come across. Uh, the story of Kiara uh, Corbello, who is a servant of God, who is a young woman who died 10 years ago in Italy, and we met her husband, uh, who gave a talk that we didn't public, publicize much. It was it was a communal liberation movement uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, event. There were maybe 25 people that, that went to... Mm-hmm. Cumber Hall and 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 met with him and heard his talk and uh and he you know we were and the thing is the two of us were just planning to go over there say hello open the doors and just come back to work because we had things to do that morning lots to do and lots to do exactly lots to do but we couldn't we couldn't step away and, and the thing is every, when he started talking and and his English is 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 very broken but it's better than our Italian yeah uh, and he came with a doctor friend of his. To, and his doctor speaks better English and kind of gave the presentation. We saw a video and saw a glimpse into the life of a would-be saint. And I'm not just talking about his wife, but I'm just talking about him also. Yep. So it was just impactful. And not only did we, you know, almost begin our day with that, you know, after, you know, we did the podcast and we came here mm-hmm. and when we went to the, to the talk, but at the end of the day, we were invited over to, you know, while well, they were having dinner to, to go see him and, you know, have a glass of wine with him and, and spend what, another half hour we spent with him, maybe a little more. Um, yep. And it was just, we were both coming back home, like... In awe. Wow. So, yeah. and But I have to leave it with you because you have more in common with him. You know, I don't know about the saint wife part. I'm kidding, Angie. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> kidding. But she would be the first one to agree on that one. But, um... When she married you, she has to be a saint. Absolutely. So, uh, no, but you, like I said, you have more in common with him, so you take it away in terms of... Yeah, so you... for for those not familiar with uh, Kiara, incredible story, uh, powerful story, uh, and, and worth the time to... There's a book out there, uh, Witness, to, Witness joy. to Joy. It's worth every penny to pick that up, do it as a spiritual reading. It's, it's a quick read, um, and, and we have essentially got to see this uh, the book come to life as you know, Enrico and his friend um, went through their experience. So they, uh, Chiara was pregnant with a with a little girl. Well, let, let's backtrack a little bit. They 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 met in Medjugorje. Yeah, and they broke up. And what I gathered was that she was more interested in him than he was in her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, what's your problem? I'm seeing pictures of her in her early twenties. I'm like, it's a beautiful woman. What's wrong with you? And but 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 he had some great stories of how they came back and yeah. and how. Although at at night, the, the one of the other people that was there asked him about that. Yeah, because she she got the same sense, and she said, you know, it feels like 
and obviously the, the video was Kiara talking. Right. So, so we got to hear more of her. You know, he kind of did questions and answers at the end. But they, you know, the other person asked him straight up. Said, it seemed like it was more difficult for her during this breakup right. than it was for you. And, and you know, and he kind of said, yeah, a little bit. But I was still very much in love with her you know, and, and trying to find a way back to her. Right. So they did get married. And um, and it was a beautiful—we we saw— there, there's a video that doesn't exist on YouTube. Yeah. The video that ex- they call it, a, and I love how they called it a digital, a digital relic, relic that they showed to us, and they asked anybody who was recording. We were recording the, yeah. the conference uh, to stop the recording because it's it's like something personal mm-hmm. to Enrico, Kiara's uh, husband. And uh, you see a talk that she gave Medjugorje, but they get married and boom, yeah. it, like two months into the, she gets right. pregnant. She two gets months pregnant, uh, discover that the baby uh, has some genetic Issues going on, so there's universal pressure to abort. You know, it's going to be difficult. Why are you going to go through this suffering? Uh, and the fascinating part is they both came to the same conclusion having without even speaking to each other. Because you know, she said, oh, how am I going to go and how am I going to go home from this doctor's appointment and tell him? You know, so and, and her mentality was, I'm going to walk with this baby for however long the Lord wants me to walk with this baby. And that's the, the same exact thing that he said. You know, without prompting, when when she broke the news that, you know, this baby probably wouldn't live very long, so if first baby comes and within the hours is back with our father. A year later, they're pregnant again with a um, with a little boy. They had a little girl before Maria, right? And uh, she lived for half an hour. The first the first baby was about a, a little under an hour. Yeah. Uh, the second baby, you know, uh, the little boy. I'm blanking on the name right Davi- now. Davide. Davide. Thank David. You. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a different set of issues mm-hmm. uh and again is born within half an hour he's baptized they get to spend some time with him and they send him back to the father uh so at this point you know i'm already you know, yeah daggers to the heart because you know and i'm watching this it's it's uh it was unique because i'm trying to watch the video but i'm also out of the side of my eye watching him mm-hmm. because it's it's fascinating to uh you know to have this shared experience with another father you know, so often we hear these stories from mom naturally, you know, but, but to have this story literally play out in front of me and, and being able to see the reactions of a fellow father, of a fellow husband who went through this, you know, in, in a different way, but essentially the same experience of having, having children for a short time and then sending them back to, to our father and, and having two saints in heaven. So I, I'm going back and forth between the video and him. And your wife was there with you. Yes. Which made it even more impactful. <laughs> yeah, he was standing next to me, and at some point he said, "Yeah, when, when yeah, they hit play yeah, on the video, I'm yeah, like, I'm gonna I, go sit with." Yeah, my wife. I, I love you, Father, but I'm gonna go sit with my <laughs> beloved. You know. But again, we were we were planning on coming back to the office. Yeah. So that's what, and I just every time I would take a step back, I just got drawn right back in. Yeah. Uh, but to fast forward the story a bit, they get pregnant a third time, and during this pregnancy, uh, she comes down with a tumor. The baby is n- quote unquote normal. Right. Uh, from from all pretests, but Correct. she gets sick. Yeah, she gets a tumor on her tongue. It pro- it proves to be cancerous, uh, and this is beautiful because she refuses any treatment that would potentially harm the baby. You know what was interesting? At no time, obviously, when you hear the witness, you know, say the pressure to abort, but at no time during the testimony or during Kiara's testimony and the yep. video did they ever say the word right. abortion. Yep. It's in the book. It, it's, it's in the it's, it's in the, in book, the book, but right? and it's in other videos, but yeah. not in that video and right. not in that conference mm. that morning. Nope. I didn't hear that word once well, at on all. Monday at all. So um, she gets sick with the tongue. So she gets sick with the with the tumor. She refuses treatment. Um, you know, the cancer begins to spread. She does have to have a surgery about a month before the the baby's born. Right. But the baby's born healthy. Francesco. Francesco. Who we met. Who we met. And <laughs> just think of. Uh, for the parents out there, parents, even adults have seen it. I've seen it. Just think of Luca, you know, running around. This kid was just a ball of energy. He's 10 years old, long hair, you know, with his Italian, you know, soccer jersey mm-hmm. on. Uh, and I, I, I told Jorge as we were leaving, because when we left uh, the house where he was staying at, the Portolani house, he was knocked out, out asleep. Out. And, and, you took and a I, I did take a picture of him <laughs> because, like, there's a living relic right here. Uh but um, but a just a beautiful young man, and and looks so much like his mother. Yeah. I mean, for which has to be both a gift and like hurt a little bit for Enrico saying like 
look at this, yep. you know, look at this kid looks exactly like his yep. mother. Yep. You know, and it has the same face, same smile yep. as his mother. So yep. Kiara gets gets sick uh right after Francesco's born. Right. And um and then something happens to her eye. Right. Yeah, the the cancer spreads to the point where she loses her right eye. So here you've got a, a patch. Right. Yeah. You've, you've got a you've got a young woman who twenty six years old. 26, 20, 20, 28. 28, because she, uh, she was married at 24 and then right. successive pregnancies. Uh, so here you've got a woman who, who tragically lost two children back to back, finally gets pregnant, comes down with cancer, refuses that treatment in order to have a, a healthy baby, finally has the healthy baby. The cancer spreads. She loses her eye. And then eventually she knows she's going to die. She's going to die. And that's where this video you know, comes in because they, they said, we met in Medjugorje, let's go back to Medjugorje. She knows what's coming. You know, she said, so she gathers all her friends. And there's a priest is accompanying them with the, them. And, and, and he's been with them the entire... Married them, all that. From, from their dating and, and yep. all through their journey. Was a spiritual director, all that. Yeah, and, this is, and so this is the fascinating part because we get to see Kiara literally recount her story. And, and she admits in the video, you know, I may be in my final minutes here. You know, I don't know how much time I have left. <laughs> that was, that was like, and what a blessing it is to be able to gather together with my friends and, and share this time and share this story and share this witness. And it's a witness of joy. And it, that's, it is. And She's that's smiling what I love. the entire time. She's there, and, and Enrico mentioned this later on after the video, is that they woke up that morning. Now, Kiara, remember, she has cancer yeah. in her tongue, so she can't speak. She has always has a bottle of water. In her to, and... They were going to gather together and just, she was going to say all she wanted, and this is the simplicity of it. All she wanted was to say, I love you to the yeah. people she loved. But she did more than that. Yeah. yeah. She, they woke up that morning thinking, we'll get together, yeah. have some coffee, say thank you, say I love you, and head, and head back on our way. And she spoke for two hours. It was her, her husband sitting to her left, a priest sitting to her right, and a priest sitting to her husband's left. And it was, and you know, sometimes Enrico would speak during that video. Right. Now, the way the video was produced was brilliant because it, you know, it was a two hour talk and it was a 21 minute video. And it was interspersed with video from their wedding mm -hmm. that took place in St. Peter's Church in Assis, mm -hmm. in Assisi, um, which was an absolutely beautiful wedding. You know, this is 2006. You know, Enrico has. You know, now Enrico the has. Soul patch. He has a soul patch. I, I kid. <laughs> I kidded him with him about what happened to your soul patch. You know, Kiara looks absolutely stunning, bride. You know, and and they're they're so happy. And it, it, obviously, every country has different customs. They they walk. They didn't walk into here comes the bride. They, they walk into this this gorgeous song, and then there were times where Kiara's talking, and then whatever she's talking about, you see. Allusions or made a flashback to the the wedding right. of things that were either sung during the wedding or read during the wedding or their their vows are different right. and like it's like you know when you and Angie got married he said I I Jorge yeah, Mando they, take take you Angeli got to be my wife I promise you you know all that no there is like literally they stand before the altar they they with their hands on the altar yeah. you know they're up on the altar they're reading together they're because you know, a wedding a is a power, consecration. Powerful image. It the, was a the powerful read the, image. To read the vows together. They read it together, awesome. and so you had that back and forth, and then comes the end of the video. And the end. Oh, let's see if I if I can keep my. Comp I've been crying for a week, so I'm going to try to get through this without breaking down again. That's why I threw it to you. <laughs> you just want to torture me this much. No, I. I think you tell it's a, it better. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful torture, which I gladly take on. Saint, on this day of St. Ignatius That's of Antioch, right. who, who willingly <laughs> wanted to take on the torture for Jesus Christ. So, uh, dale. So, there's the, the song comes back on that was played at, and I, I, based on the video, it looks like it's the song that they walked into. Because mm -hmm. they, they walk in, they get to the altar, and, and they continue to sing together. Yeah. So, it doesn't, uh, you know, it looks by all. It looks like it was. It a, looks like it was a procession. Yeah, regardless. It was a, it was a procession. So, the song comes back on. And then the video flashes not to the wedding mass, but to Kiara's funeral mass. Yeah, and we're thinking, oh, you know how beautiful that they, they incorporate that same song from their wedding into the funeral mass. And 
if it, I, I said this on Saturday at the at the confirmation tree, if it weren't for the fact that the casket was in the aisle, you would have no clue that was a funeral mass. People were joyful because were people singing. were joyful. They were singing. They were smiles. The even the priests coming in procession were were smiling. A lot of priests. Yeah. Um, and then the the camera pans over to Enrico at the funeral mass. And again, this is a this is a a young man with twenty a little bit older than Chiara, so early thirties, who had lost two children, had the had finally had the child that they'd so longed for, lost his wife, is looking at a life basically alone with his son now, missing his wife, missing the mother of his child, sitting at this church with a guitar in hand and a smile from ear to ear singing the same song that they sung at their wedding mass. Why? And I, we, when they turned that camera, to, I think we both looked at each other with the same exact thought, like, what the? <laughs> Fill in the blank. And that's the witness to joy right there. That's the, and, and every question that we asked last week on this podcast not knowing what we were about to walk into in, in Comber Hall, we saw it answered right before our eyes in this humble young Italian man. Yeah, and, and I reflected on this whole experience of the day. Uh, you know, I got home and, and I'm looking at this book that that we find. I the the reason we ended up at his house is because my wife remembered we had the or I remember one of us remember we had the book and was like oh. We should have had him sign it, right? This is the, the nerd Catholic here. We, we have to have the future saint or husband of a saint sign this book for us. So we, we tracked down a copy of the book from, from you. Thank you. <laughs> we couldn't find ours, so we, we took yours. You tagged along for the ride. He signed it, and it was a, a beautiful thing that he, that he wrote in the book. Um, and I lost my train of thought right now. But you know, in the, in the book, he wrote... And we had to get it translated because the Italian was was handwriting was, was Italian. The handwriting yeah. was rough to read, and it was Italian. But he wrote, "Trust us; it's worth it. Have a good journey to him." And that's the reason why, when he explained that, you know, and we talked about it on Monday, you know, the faith of this guy. Yeah. And I didn't say faith; I said something else. To, you know, to sit there, and I asked you the question. I go, God forbid you lose your beloved tomorrow. Would you be sitting there singing? First of all, you don't sing, but would you, would you be, let's say, would you do, would you be serving at the altar? No. You know, it was like, but it was the way he said, why did he do that? And why would the, the faith of these, of these two extraordinary individuals, because his wife entered eternity. Yep. And he told us something very interesting. You know, the, he said the English. He, he when he we, you gave him the book, he points to the to the to the. Uh, he knows enough English to know witness to joy. He goes, that that's a bad translation mm -hmm. of what the book is called in 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 Italy and in other parts of the world. It's the book is really called Born to Never Die. Because if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, Jesus Christ doesn't want us to die. He wants us to live for eternity. We're born for eternity. We're born for him. Uh, and he also mentioned this, that I know touched you and Angie, that in the grand scheme of eternity, where time has no meaning, what was half an hour mm -hmm. with, with David and, and an hour with Maria? And... You know, and the 10 minutes you spent with Lucas Lucas, Lucas and Cata, mm -hmm. I was going to call him Luca, you know, the Italian. But um, what does it matter? You, that, those, those moments, and the thing is that you explained it to me, and then I could see the, the, the parallels to his life, that the nurses in Italy, you know, there are some very faithful, but some are very secular. Mm -hmm. They were just in awe of the, these two individuals the way they were holding their dying child, you know, in their arms, just treasuring every single second you had from them. And you think back, okay, well, I, I, I wish I could have had just one more second. Right. But 
in the grand scheme of eternity, he said, the reason why he was joyful that day is because he knows he will see his wife again. Mm -hmm. He knows he will see Maria and Davide again. And he has Francesco now to help him, you know, maneuver through this life to ultimately get to eternity. You know, I, I don't have, I left the book in my bag, but in the back cover, there's a quote of his and it says, if, if I know that she's going somewhere where she's going to be loved more than I could ever love her, you know, why would I want to get in the way of that? I mean that, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but, but that's essentially what he's saying. And, and again, this is, this is a guy who lost tragically two children Finally got the child he was that they had so longed for, yeah, and mind you, they dated for on and off for five years. So this wasn't a quick thing. This was yeah. this was a long drawn out story. Yeah, uh, you know, finally gets this child. His wife comes down with unexpected cancer, which ravages her body and eventually takes her life. And this is his response. You know, so as as I was reflecting on all of that, you know, everything we spoke about yesterday, this whole experience with Enrico. You know, I sat down that night. You know, I had taken a selfie with, an, again, the Catholic nerd in me. I'm like, <laughs> celebrities, I don't care. I didn't take a future, picture. Future, future saint, potentially, I'm taking a selfie with this guy. And I'm looking at this picture, and I said, you know, the lives of the saints, I, and I, I wrote this in, a, in a, the post that I put out, the lives of the saints aren't confined to the history books. You know, they're still being written, and, and you know, praise the Holy Spirit for inspiring this. Yep. In the extraordinarily ordinary lives of all of us. Yeah, and, you know, to fast forward through the week, on Saturday morning, we gathered with our confirmation parents and sponsors. And and the talk I gave, I, I spoke a lot about this experience, and I said, it's our job as parents, it's our job as sponsors, it's our job as, as Catholics. It's our responsibility and our calling to be saints and to help each other become saints. Yeah. And as I shared a little bit about my story and I shared about Enrico and Chiara, it's terrible, but it's very ordinary things that we went through. You know, we, we don't, I've said, I don't pretend to be the only kid, the only person who's lost a child. You know, I don't pretend to be the only person who's ever experienced tragedy. There's tragedies far worse than, than what I've gone through. There's tragedies far worse than what Enrico has gone through. And yet, in that ordinariness, there's an extraordinary response that is so rooted in our faith and in our trust. And in, and in that surrender, I, I titled my talk "Surrender to Love," mm -hmm. yeah, and I was again inspired by Enrico, who said, "You know, you you can you're capable of doing anything if you allow yourself to be loved by the Lord." That was such a great line, beautiful line. You know, you can do you can do anything if you if you simply allow yourself to be loved by the Lord, because and it, that's that extraordinariness in the ordinary that makes sainthood. That because, makes sense. Because it's basically surrendering to him. And if you allow himself to be loved by him, then we're capable of things we didn't think we were capable of. But that, see, that that quote just blows me away of, of the, the quote of, how can I keep her? Well, I, I, have to get, I, have to, I have to get the book so I can read it. No, go, go get the book and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll vamp for, for, for a minute while you go get it. But I want to give the exact quote. Yeah. No, but it, it's a good quote because... I'm thinking about it in terms of like my family members, you know, my friends, you know, or who just walked out of the studio to get the book, you know, the people, my parishioners, and I've had to bury people. Obviously, I've had to bury a brother, and 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 grandparents, and and obviously, and you have that loss, you have that sense of loss that I've lost that person, and there's a little selfishness there, especially when the person is dying. Like, no, I don't want them mm -hmm. to go, I, but. But at, at the end of the day, and I've had to tell this to people, it's like, you know, we cannot be selfish. They belong to the Lord. You have the book in front I have of the you. book. So, so this is the little snippet on the back. It says, she said yes to everything God sent her way, becoming a true child of God. And as her days on earth came to an end, Enrico looked down on his wife and said, quote, if she's going to be with someone who loves her more than I, why should I be upset? No, you got it more or less right. <laughs> why should I be upset? So that is what prompted this man, because, and the thing is, we can't share this video, we just can only describe it. How, could, how else would you describe this man, you know, at his wife's, you know, usually you're sitting at the front row, her parents were there, we could see her parents. Her parents looked like they were struggling, they, they, you know, they were sad, but trying to be mm -hmm. joyful, you know, and, which is perfectly natural. Yeah. Everybody, I always say, there is no right or wrong way to grieve. The mm -hmm. thing is that 
does your the faith needs to be inspired at one point. You know, we can't be going into grandma. You know, I've said this a million times. Grandma's ninety. He was ninety eight. Lived a full life, and oh, we want you know, and 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 wailing it like it was the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's natural. Right. That's part of life. Losing two children, whether it be you, whether it be Enrico, you know, losing burying my parents, having to bury a child, that is not natural. Right. You know, Mary having to bury her son mm-hmm. when she, he died on the cross, that wasn't natural. But yet, how do how do you explain a man singing a joyful song? Imagine joyful. Imagine anybody walking into a funeral to you know. Joyful, 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 (laughs) joyful. Yeah, that's the only thing I think of. Essentially, I don't, I don't know the name of the song in Italian. Uh, I remember seeing the words on the captions, uh, on the subtitles. Uh, I don't remember the name of the song, but uh, may it may be in the book. It's, uh, I think it's linked in the web in their web in her website. You can find it there. Right, we'll we'll put the link on on the on the description and for the for the podcast today. But uh, but it is an extraordinary book, uh, an extraordinary life. That we encourage you to, to to delve into, we are going to try like the Dickens to to bring him back next year. That to process talk, is already underway. <laughs> good to, to to talk to talk to the parish, um, because Jorge and I were were looking around, and obviously we wanted this, and in fact they they liked that it was intimate, yeah. that it was twenty or so people, of uh, you know, the, the gentleman who organized his wife is a teacher at St. Martin High, and she had some of her students. Come who from her Italian class come in and she asked them to do, ask the questions in Italian, in Italian. <laughs> and they were too shy. But um, but no, but it, it it's like we were looking at each other. I was like, man, I I wish my 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 parishioners were listening to the yeah. story because sometimes we're distracted by. And I really don't want to get into other things, but we're distracted by other stupidities mm-hmm. in the world, yep. and and even inside the church. I'm not talking about, you know, we're going to talk about it in the second segment. I'm not talking about sports. I'm not talking about, no. you know, pop culture. It's that we get distracted by things that we think are good, that we think they're, 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 they're part of the church or they're part of our faith, when really they're not. Just deceptions of the devil. No. And, and tricks of the devil. Who is going around, and Father Andrew spoke about that a lot in his homily yesterday. I know he didn't get into the homily or into the readings yesterday about perseverance and prayer but that's but, fine the, but, the but, last question of the gospel is right what we're talking which about. by the way no one preached about <laughs> you put it on the front page of the bulletin and none of us <laughs> preached about it what was the last question in the gospel is will when when the son of man come will he find faith will on he earth? find faith on earth because the readings were about perseverance and prayer but you know but this is a couple and, and i would have loved to have you know i didn't want to say sorry to cut you that's off okay. but but i saw I you off all the time i saw an angry tweet uh understandable you know that that these readings tend to lead to preaching that is just you know, ask and ask and ask and you'll you'll get it. God will answer, and you know it's very elementary. It's not that simple. You know, but but it's what we spoke about a few weeks ago. You know what happens when God doesn't answer our prayers? You know, Which we and, asked last and, week. Yeah. You know, he was that last week. Yeah, it was last it week, feels yeah. like it's been an eternity. Yeah. You know, yeah, he does answer. He just doesn't answer in the way mm-hmm. we necessarily want him to answer. So we, you know, essentially the last two weeks of the podcast can be. We're basically talking the same thing, which is why we wanted to get yeah. jump right into this so deeply. Uh, be, you know, but I like I said, Father Andrew spoke about this far more eloquently than I did yesterday. Yesterday, I talked about perseverance in prayer, which leads to listening in prayer, which leads to fidelity to God and to His Church. And the reason I, w- I mentioned that, of, and that's what Father Andrew got into. And, and don't worry about it; it'll. I asked him to print it. You know, excerpts of his homily in this upcoming weekend's bulletin, and you'll read it on Sunday. But he was talking about that 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 fidelity is so important because here you have this couple who are only faithful to each other, and you talk about perseverance in prayer. It's a question I would have loved to have asked him. You know, how is your prayer life with your wife? It had to be amazing. It had to be profound because here they are going to Medjugorje. Here they are. You know, going through this, and we forgot to mention, oh, by the way, after Francesco's born, they, during, you know, the Wednesday general audiences with the Pope, uh, Pope Benedict was yeah. was a Pope at the time, and they were brought up to Pope Benedict, and she already has the eye patch mm-hmm. over her right eye, and he blesses her, 
blesses Francesco, blesses Enrico, and it was a beautiful interaction that they had with the Holy Father. And it, it, it's just amazing, and our cause is going on, and, and we have prayer cards that were given to us, you know, to you know, ask for intercession so that you know a miracle can be found to promote her cause towards beatification. Uh, but my goodness, Italy is just teeming with saints. You have Carlo Acutis, you have yeah. Gianna. She's the next Saint Gianna yeah. who also gave her life for her child. And you know, the best part is they are young. Yep, people. They are young people. And I, 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 I spoke about it with the kids on Wednesday. You know, because I, I literally asked them. You know, when you think of a saint, what do they? What does it look like? You know, and they start to describe Jesus for me. You know, the the long tunic, which and is the, great. You know, the staff and the long beard. And I said, you know, and and it was Blessed Carlo Acutis's feast day that day. So I said, what would you say if if I presented you with a saint wearing jeans and Nike sneakers? And they were going crazy, like, yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome. I said, well, you know, he exists. <laughs> he he exists because Carlo Acutis is literally buried in jeans and Nike sneakers. In Assis. In yep. Assis. In Assisi, I mean, so you've got these young, young people, dynamic people, you know, fascinating stories, and and they're all marked by this deep, incredible love for the Lord. And and this is what happens when you encounter holiness, because you talk to people who met John Paul II, how it transformed their lives. You meet people who met Mother Teresa, how it transformed their lives, and you know. And this young man sitting across the table from me has not stopped talking about this encounter he had with the husband of a soon-to-be saint. And you could say that if he continues on the path he's on, because he just exuded holiness. Yep. Just just he'll, that video he'll alone. Be, he'll be on that uh, No, on you, that could, path you could see, a, you know, and, and, and John Paul II would talk about it constantly. We need more married couples mm-hmm. as saints. We have, obviously, Teresa's parents, uh, you know, Louis and, and Celia, who are, who are saints. Uh we need more married couples. I mean, you see this a young married couple, and I, there was a beautiful picture of, of their wedding day that I, that I saved, that I looked it up, um, and I saved on my phone because, you know, it just shows the joy that they both experience. And you see, and it's in Assisi, and and and, and Assisi, Assisi is one of the most beautiful places on earth, and and her veil just blowing in the mm-hmm. wind. And and you and you can tell it's not fake because his hair is also <laughs> blowing in the wind. Yeah, 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 yeah. The hair, but and just the love that 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 photo shows of uh, two young people passionately in love with each other, but more importantly, passionately in love with the Lord. And that's the path that every married couple should take, and not be worried about the things of the earth, which is, which was this morning's gospel. You know. But be worried about the things of heaven, and I, I, don't, I don't want to say worried, but but be consumed with the things of heaven. Think about, aspire to the things of heaven, and so then you slowly but surely start to live heaven here on earth. Yeah, you know, I, I said I was watching Enrico while they showed the video, yeah, and it's so relatable because how many, and we've seen it in movies, but but I know it plays out in real life. You, know, you lose someone unexpectedly, and. And maybe they left you a voicemail, right? And you could just you play the voicemail over and over to hear their voice again, right? Or, or you you know you have a, a recording, a home video, and and it's almost beautifully painful to watch. And I'm watching Enrico, literally watching Giada, you know, recount theirs. And I have to imagine he's seen this video hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of times over the last ten years. They played it that weekend in the Eucharistic Congress he came to. You know, and I'm just and I'm watching him and, and he's fighting back the tears. So, you know, we, we talk about, you know, witness to joy and, and embracing this but it doesn't take away you know, the very raw uh, emotions and, and humanity out of it. In, in in fact it elevates it. You know. So I was I was watching him, you know, and then trying to compose himself to you know, step up to the microphone and field questions for the next half hour. And I was just blown away by the the outpouring of love just in his face. Mm-hmm. You know, for, forget what he had to say, which was excellent in itself. Just the outpouring of love as, as he's watching his wife, you know, and then as he's turning to, the, to this community you know, to continue sharing this story. And it was just, it was a story of love. That's all it was. You know, and, and I said it, we have this simple humble Italian man just going around the world 
for the last 10 years sharing a story of love and, and what the Lord was able to do through and with that love. And, and, that's, and that's it. <laughs> and that's basically God's relation with humanity. It's a story of love. How much he loves us. How much he wants to be with us. And, but it's also that faith of knowing that mm-hmm. he will be with her again. That he will, and then he'll, and then he'll be with her in the house of the Father. And that's what consoles him. And, you know, and obviously, read the book. It's called Witness to, jo- Witness to Joy. Uh, it's on Amazon or wherever you get your a witness to joy, and her name is Chiara Corbella Petrillo, and just a, a beautiful story, a beautiful book. We highly recommend it. It's good, good, good spiritual reading. So you can see the life of a young soon-to-be saint. She's a servant of God, so she for her to get to servant of God means that she's already gone through in a very short time, mm-hmm. gone through a lot of the process towards canonization and and already has a positive for a cause because first you you know you had to open up the case five years after she dies and right. de- be declared venerable then ultimately declare ven- servant of god as we await her first um uh, her first, first miracle. miracle so uh no read it um wow. you could hear you could hear enjoy in jorge's voice how it touched his life i haven't talked to your wife about it yet she's been a little busy but i i i, I would it's love been, it's been crazy yeah but <laughs> But see, it's, it's which is why it was uh, why it was so awesome that she was able. She she had, unfortunately had to step away early because she had an, another meeting. But she saw the video. But she she didn't see the end of the video. She but she oh, saw right. she saw majority of the video. But I mean, what a what a blessed opportunity, you know, to to be able to have this, and we have to get Enrico back. We're working on. We it. have to. We're working on it, and 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 when we come, I'll pay for it myself. I have okay. it on the record. Let's all go. Right. Let's make it happen. And we could, <laughs> the parish can take care of that. But all right. Uh, but we're, we're working on it. And 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 if and he does come back, you know, we'll, we'll replay this podcast or, or or send it out again so that you could understand just a little bit. But and and that's and that's part of the beauty of the faith is that you don't know for, when you wake up the day how God surprises you. I remember a priest telling me. I don't know if it was in confession or in spiritual direction. I mean, let yourself be surprised by the Lord. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't let ourselves be surprised by love because it's all about love, and that happens in our relationship with God, in our relationship with you know, in marriages, mm-hmm. in relationship with our friends. That you need to allow yourself to be surprised, you know, because then things get stagnant, and you could tell that every moment, tragically, and joyfully, in mm-hmm. Kiara and Enrico's was a surprise. Yeah. Surprise of the two children, surprise of the cancer, everything. But still, we're moments of grace. For sure. you know, Mom- and, and I know we keep trying to wrap, but it's important that we keep talking about this. <laughs> you mentioned, and you know what surprised me? Of everything that that we heard that day on Monday, he said the greatest consolation that he's received in these 10 years is the fact that he's been consoled through it all. Yeah. The greatest consolation is just the fact that he's been consoled through it all, yeah, and that and that has taken on so many different forms. And you know, I'm sure the intercession of of Maria and David have been incredibly present in his life, and, and of and, his wife, and now of his wife. And yet, he said, the greatest consolation is just the fact that I have been consoled, that I've been loved through this whole process. You know that that despite it all, you know, I'm still intimately connected and, and in a deep relationship with my Lord who loves me and who's consoling me every single day in and every single day out. And they are a primary example of this couple. Well, the primary purpose and the primary mission of marriage, yep. which Father Andrew reminded, we on Wednesday we had a, a wedding concert for all the couples getting married the next year for them to hear what pieces they want played at their wedding. And, and he spoke to them and, and, and he goes, you know, Tom, you, know, you know what the primary mission of marriage is? And somebody did get it right. It's like it's to get your spouse into heaven. And so Enrico did that, and now Kiara from heaven yeah. is hopefully doing that. And you know, every single married couple should be aspiring to that. Not you know, Jesus says you know, whoever saves his life for those that loses it, whoever saves the life of another will, will, will save it. Mm-hmm. But that's the primary mission of every marriage. 
But I want you to wrap up with that by reading that quote again that he talked about his wife. As her days on earth came to an end, Enrico looked down on his wife and said, If she's going to be with someone who loves her more than I, why should I be upset? running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. What <laughs> was that last night? Or hey, be, can I take the floor here for a second? All yours. I believe in this Miami Dolphin team. I know we have three losses in a row. I know we're three and three. I know we're no longer the best team in the NFL as we proclaimed ourselves. Actually, everybody proclaimed ourselves yeah, after week three. It was the truth. It was the truth. Yes, Siri at the time, <laughs> who's the best team in the NFL, they would say that the Miami Dolphins are. But I believe in this football team, and I'll tell you why. They have a good coach. They have good players. They have a good quarterback who is going to make his debut again after a concussion. You know, after being cleared by all the neurologists on ESPN. Did he get cleared by all the Twitter neurologists? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, after being cleared by all the all the talking heads, he will do that. So I believe in this team. This sounds like the opening, you know, speech in the Godfather. I believe in America. I believe in America. I believe in the Miami Dolphins. I believe in their defense. Their defense showed up yesterday. I believe in their coach. I believe in the receivers. I believe in their in their in two of the three of the quarterbacks, because Skyler Thompson was playing great. But I don't believe in one thing. I don't believe in their offensive line. Oh, that was rough. And I tweeted this out last week, and I retweeted it twice yesterday in the football game. The inability of this organization to draft, develop, have a decent... I'm not, even, I'm not talking about the 95 Cowboys offensive line, which was probably the best offensive line ever. I'm not talking about the offensive line of the 72 Dolphins, which maybe all five of them should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, like Jim Longers, the Jim, the Larry Littles, the, the Bob Kuchenbergs. I'm talking about it just halfway decent offensive line. The inability of this organization to develop that has caused our quarterbacks in four straight games to be knocked out. Yep. And in the last three, the starting quarterback, last three, yeah, the last three, the starting quarter, the quarterback that started the game did not finish the game. Yep. And that cannot happen. And that will derail the season. Now, why do I believe in this football team? Because everything you saw the first three weeks is still there. You saw glimpses of that yesterday. Yes, there were penalties. They were being overly aggressive. They were trying to win a football game for their coach. And God bless them. But... You have now Pittsburgh, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland. It's a it's a, a five game stretch here, to, and, and a bye, so that you can get to seven and three, or maybe mm-hmm. eight and three, and be looking pretty good. Yes, we're looking up at the Buffalo Bills, which are the who are the gold standard, who, by the bye, did lose that game to us because of what the reason why we're losing games now because their secondary was injured. As yep. our secondary is, Nick Needham's gone for the year. X-Men will slowly come back. How long How long is the laundry list of injured players oh, right now? God, it's, it's crazy. But you know what? It can't be excused because I was nope. watching other games yesterday, and every team is dealing with that. And especially now that you have the spotter in the sky, Teddy Bridgewater said it yesterday. You know, usually I would oh, take was, my time. I saw that. I saw that. Terrible. Usually I take my Terrible. time to get up when I get hit hard. No. I usually take my time to you know slowly get up. But now that I know that there's a spotter up there, yeah. and he goes, and I appreciate what they're trying to do for our safety, yeah. I have to, to bounce back up right away. I have to bounce away. back up. Yep. So uh, you can't blame the NFL. And I, I I saw a headline this morning right before we came into the studio. It said, you know, there's always this next man up, and I you know, and I experienced that next man up mentality in the NFL. But we're getting to the next man up, and 
you know, when there's no one at the end of the line, there's no one up. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we were, you know, a Teddy Bridgewater hit away from Skyler could not grab grab a football. I mean, he maybe could have gone in there to hand the ball off, right. and that's it. From having our emergency quarterback, which I believe is Chase Edmonds, you know, go in there. Ouch. So, <laughs> but I believe in this team. I believe in this team. I'm still excited to watch your football games. I'm excited to see what happens on, on, you know, on Sunday night against Pittsburgh, who beat Tampa Bay and mm-hmm. Tom Brady, and we'll get into that. But I believe in this team. Ashley didn't want to come in here because she's still she's weeping. Still, yeah, you know, because you know, <laughs> it was a winnable game, and, and Jalen Waddle, God bless him. Oh, the wheels just fell so, off. The wheels just fell off. After so that passionate. Pump. And and when I saw that ball squirt out of his hands, yeah. I go, that doesn't happen to him. And he, you know, he, he and then right after that, Dalvin Cook, we would contain the whole game. But the thing is, the defense, when an offense is being in up, can yeah. only hold it together for so long. So, well, coach said at the end, you know, he said when when things are going bad like that, you start to press. Yeah, and then that's what they uh, were doing. And that's where the mistakes come. And that, and that drive that they got down to the two, but they had yeah. five penalties. And that's sometimes that you get in a football game. Yep. Shula's teams were always. Very well disciplined, and I'll give that also to Coach Flores. They were also very well disciplined, and and, and I think that Coach will, will 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 get them on on that page again because it's it's a good football team. It really is, and but and the thing is, the NFL you have very short windows, yep. but if you don't have an offensive line, you got nothing. You got nothing because you see all these teams, L.A. the Rams. Why are they struggling? You know, they lost Whitworth to retirement. Mm-hmm. They've lost other other guys on that line. The defending Super Bowl champions and are the same record we have. Offensive line issues. So oh, the parody in the league is crazy though. It is. On these pick'ems, it's how, oh, it how many how many games have been decided by, you by t- we texted like what four during the witching hour yesterday <laughs> and it was like ninety eight percent was like yeah. toss you know, coin toss. Yep. But that's the NFL every week. Every week. Did you think that Pittsburgh was going to beat Tampa Bay, you know, with Kenny Pickett starting. He didn't finish the game. It was Mitch mm-hmm. Trubisky that finished the game. Did you think that New England was going to go into Cleveland? I didn't think New England was going to go to Cleveland. I did think that San Francisco was going to lose to Atlanta because Atlanta was hosed last week. Yeah. And But there were so many games. And then, obviously, I said I was going to come back to this, Buffalo and, and Kansas City. Oh. I mean, you talk about two heavyweights just throwing haymakers at each other. I, mean, I I could watch those two teams play every week in a best of like there's no best of sevens. Yeah. <laughs> but if we could have best of sevens in the NFL, can we just have Kansas City and Buffalo? Forget the playoffs. Just I mean I know I, I'd like to be there. Obviously my team, but yeah. can we just have these two teams just Duke go at out. it yeah. for over over seven weeks? It's just a war of attrition because it was just haymakers back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It, and it's glorious to watch. Yeah. And Mahomes, you know, had a minute six left. Which is plenty of time for him. He got 13 seconds left in the playoffs last year to get in the field goal range, and he got there to force overtime. And when they Buffalo intercepted it, you know, Josh Josh Allen's... I know it's Buffalo. I know it's a rival. But you got to love that guy and the way he plays football. Yep. And his personality. You know what he did after the game? There's a video on Twitter. He had the game ball that he downed the ball with in the victory formation. Carried it with him, shook everybody's hand, hugged Patrick Mahomes after the after the game. When he's going to the tunnel, there's a young Bills fan on the rail there on, on the stands. He goes up to not only gives the ball, the game ball, mm-hmm. to the Bill, the young boy who's there with his parents. But he goes and he's he's looking at the photographer, take a picture of us, take a, oh. and then and then he's asking the parents, can you give you know give me so I can take a selfie so you could oh, have. Wow. And that's awesome. And I think it's the first camera. We couldn't get the camera to work, and then finally the, the dad gets, you know, finally gets, and he takes the selfie. That's awesome. And as soon and you hear people, you know, you hear adults. Hey, Josh, saw my jersey, Josh. Like, dude, let him have this moment yep. with this little kids. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a there's a crazy Bills fan woman there that had nothing to do with the family that that photo bombs a picture. Oh, jeez. It's not about you. It's about this little kid and this incredible act of of joy and of charity. It's like. You know, we got to go up there on the 17th of December. <laughs> but 
the reason so we can complain about um, the snow. The snow. They're still complaining I about know. that. They were talking about that at the halftime. They show were complaining yesterday. about that. I go, <laughs> folks. Hard Rock was remodeled. That that canopy went up in 2016. It's been six years. Yeah. Buffalo had no problem with it last year. They beat us 35 <sighs> to nothing in the same heat. Okay, fun times. Fun times. Deal with it. Canes. Canes. Not not pretty, but uh, but it's a W. TVD looks looks more like TVD. He likes ACC. He has passed for 300 yards in seven straight. I believe it's seven straight ACC games. We have Duke coming up on on um on Saturday. On Saturday, who should have beaten North Carolina at home. 12:30 game, so Duke can complain about the heat. <laughs> Never had any of the college teams <laughs> complain about it. It's like the Buffalo. You know, it's like there's, a, there's the only reason we lost. No man, your entire secondary was out. And so Tua carved them up mm-hmm. and, and, and still played an amazing game and still was in position to win the game at the end. So, you know, you win some, you lose some, unless you're the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia, hello. Yep. Did not think, I mean, Dallas did not play good. They were in position there to I had come Dallas. Back. Yeah, so did I. <sighs> I mean, they were in position. I, almost, to... fl- I almost flipped it yeah, just we, before kickoff. But. but we'll see. I mean, but, and, and I said this earlier, Brady. Brady and Rodgers. Not playing like Brady and Rodgers. Mm-hmm. As somebody said to me yesterday uh, at the 5.30 match because the, the Packers game was over, he says, I mean, sorry, the the the, the uh, Tampa Bay game was over. He goes, Brady probably has other things on his mind these days. A little bit. <laughs> we were talking about marriage in the first segment. <laughs> that one's, uh, yeah. You know, we're not going to cast excursions on that. But, dude, football, marriage, football, marriage. You've, mm-hmm. lived a, you've had a great career. You have six rings. You are the greatest player of all time. Yep. You know, go home to the supermodel wife, you know. Come on. Yep. And the College Jets. football? Yeah. Oh, sorry. The Jets. For real or playing teams that were injured and playing teams that, you know, that's the beauty of the NFL. You don't know until the entire season plays yeah. out. So you're saying college football. Rocky Top. I would love to know where those goalposts oh. are. I know they're at the bottom of the Tennessee River, wow. I think. I didn't, I didn't see the end. We, I, we were... saw the entire, I, I didn't see the entire game. I saw most of the game. I saw the back and forth. We had another event that night, so I was, yeah. I was uh, watching the the score tracker in the on the I phone. Saw the end of the game was but, wow, Rocky Top. It's just nice to see Alabama go down. <laughs> Absolutely, but <laughs> and and it was Nick Saban had never lost a game when his team scored forty nine points. The most points that Alabama has given up since nineteen oh seven to a. College that I don't even think exists anymore. I forget the name of it. But it was historic. It was 59, 52, 49. 52 to 49. It was just amazing. And and Tennessee was fined $100,000 SEC because a crowd stormed the field. And they're Worth like, every penny. I'm sure there's a booster <laughs> that cut that check so fast. And if that booster could contact me for That's projects, right. you know, coming up a little flower, would be greatly appreciated. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was great. It was it was a fun day all around. USC going down in Utah, and an emotional game for the for for Utah. It was just a great day of college football all around. Uh, I, I forget TCU and Oklahoma State mm-hmm. also went into overtime. That was going on. It was like I go, we need red zone for for college, for college football. football. It's like <laughs> wow, but they're never going to do that because it's all different networks, so. you know. And and they're not and they're not going to give away the, the the store on that one. But just a great, uh, for the most part. I mean, obviously the. Dolphin thing, but it's like I'm okay. We're injured. We're gonna be okay. It's early. It's, it's early. This is why we have six weeks. We have we have we have eleven games left, and plenty of time. But you look at that. You know, we have this little lull. You know, and you can't say there's lulls in the schedule in the NFL. We thought these last three games were lulls in the schedule. They weren't. So take them. Nope. Take the opponent seriously and move forward. Um, Monday night football. Tonight. We have football tonight. Soccer. <laughs> MLS playoffs, and we're playing New York City FC, whose home stadium is being used tonight by the New York Yankees. By the Yankees, the Yankees. Before we get into baseball, just to finish on the Inner Miami, uh, playing the MLS Cup, defending MLS Cup champions. Don't know what we're gonna get, but should be fun to watch, and it could be Wayne's last match. So, but the Yankees are playing tonight. I am still, I know we won last night, but I'm still hurting from that loss on Saturday where we were one strike away and Aaron Boone just mismanaged 
the, 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 that bullpen so badly, so, so badly. The, the Indians had as many hits in that ninth inning to win the game as we had the entire game because we were winning because of the home run. Yep. Uh, and having been in the Bronx for an October postseason game and, and when the Baby Bombers were coming up in 2017, and we loved that team. That team was so lovable and, and played with the enthusiasm mm-hmm. that, that Cleveland and Philadelphia and San Diego I'll talk about that in a second. You know, have to. You know, <laughs> the the enthusiasm that those young teams were playing with. You know, before before on on Saturday night before uh, Stanton hit that home run to give a sorry Judge hit the home run to to give us the lead, actually to tie the game. Th- th- they were playing lifeless. They were like uninterested. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't like this team. I don't like this team. They're, they're not lovable. They're not. You know, it's like you loved. You know, certain teams you love, you know, obviously you love any team that wins a championship. But the same thing kind of happened in 2009 when they won the championship that it was like, oh, thank God we won the championship. Yeah. It was like this feeling of like, not of joy, but of mm-hmm. like, it's over. You know, we made it to the end. And that was a lot with the Heat also. Yeah, we loved the LeBron days and loved, but it was like, it was so exasperating. Right. And, and the national media, you know, with the microscope on you. So, but. The rest of the, the the postseason. Oh man! If you would have, if I would have told you we'd have three one hundred win teams in the National League, and all of them would be eliminated in the in NLDS or earlier. Yeah, you would have laughed. Yep, but you nailed it. You nailed the pick. April eleventh on this podcast. You said you. Got, Hold on, I have it right here. No, I, I it, we don't have it queued I don't up. I have but, it queued up, but I have it right no, here. No, but but it's a it's a long clip. It's, it's really <laughs> towards the end. Maybe maybe we'll play it next week because the, the the championships will still be going on unless it's a sweep. But but I had the Dodgers coming out of the NL, and I said nope, best team in the league. It, they were. In fact, the LA Times in their hubris said, if ever there was a time to cancel the playoffs and the team to be crowned, they're the best team. Yes, during the regular season, the best team in baseball. But you know what? As much as we want to say, and I do, and I did say it, something's wrong here. Something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. Because when you have three 100 teams, and if the Yankees would have lost, I mean, they won 99, so we're at the cusp of 100 oh. for not making it to the championship series to w- play for the pennant. There's something wrong. But baseball history, I'm not talking about recent baseball history, I'm not talking about wildcard history. You go back and there were. You know, the, the, I'm thinking of the 54 Indians that played the Giants. Yep. I mean, the Willie Mays catch. That team, I forget, they won a ton of games. I think it was 110 or something. They were a great, great team. Lost to the Giants in the World Series. That's the way it happens. But they made it to the World Series. But they made it to the World Series. <laughs> well, it was not that hard. I mean, yes, it was very hard to make it to the World Series. You, you just had to win your league. Yeah. like Kind of like the table... In mm. Premier League, and right. you know, you just had to. You, there were no divisions. Just be the the top team in your well, league. I told you, I'm, I'm I'm all for scrapping divisions. You had a great I'm solution. I'm all for scrapping divisions, and if you really want to uh, to benefit your best teams, because right now they're being punished. We're seeing it play out. That that long uh, wild card layoff, and yeah, Houston Houston advanced, but three out of the four. Are, are down, 300 lost teams mm-hmm. didn't make it past the NLDS or the, the division series. You know, did, did the layoff hurt them more than help them? Yeah, and we said it last week. You can throw your ace out on the first day of, of the wild card and have them ready to go for the first for the first the game Yankees of the division. Had a crazy, so, you know, the, the crazy schedule. And it was a rain out. Yep. And, you know, Bieber was out there, you know, was out there almost immediately. And and beat us. Yep. So, so I said, I said, scrap the divisions. You have here's what you wrote to me. You really want to give w- division winners an advantage over wild cards? Here you see what you do. Day night doubleheader for wild card. You team sweeps. You move on. Otherwise, to the game on game twos, and start round two the next day. Yep. Because this is the problem. That, that's a uh, college college World Series style. Yeah. It's you. Baseball is is a game of rhythm mm-hmm. and being on a roll. And if let's say the division winner's on a roll and has the bye, you have a week off. Yep. Yeah, your pitchers are fine, your pitchers are rested, but your yep. batters are out of sync. Yep. The Yankee bats 
are still not in sync. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Houston had to str- they they swept, but they had to struggle yep. to sweep. They, they eighteen innings. They went eighteen innings. That was nice to see that though. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. it's <laughs> It would never go be it. 18 innings has been four or five. In a, in a 1-0 game. In a, in a 1-0 game. It was the longest scoreless game. Went to the sixth. It was a, it was it went into the 18th scoreless. Yeah. You know, and it was amazing. But they struggled. LA couldn't get it get it going. Yeah. Atlanta couldn't get it going on the bats. So that affects the rhythm of the hitters. So I like your idea. Day night. So Maybe, yeah, maybe not the day after the season. Maybe the two days after two the days season. After. Yep. You, you know, day night double header. Day night double header. If you I like sweep it, it you advance because that taxes your bullpen, taxes yeah. your pitchers, puts you at a disadvantage. You didn't win the division. Yep. And you start. Yeah, but I said, scrap the divisions. You know, you, you give your two best play teams in the league right, the so, bye, and the next four play in the. In so the, here's Jorge's solution to make it to making the regular season matter and make it equitable right. because you said, okay, maybe the Braves and the Mets. Yeah, do they win 100 teams, 100 if they don't games have to if pay, they don't play the Marlins and the Nationals and the Nash. 18 times Absolutely. each? That's 36 Which games. Which is not ever. happening next year. No. You you say seven games versus every, you know, you, you I, mean, I don't know when you had the time to do this. That's do simple this math. math. Simple math. Yeah, I know. Head. You know, you probably needed a break from everything this weekend. Because we're napping. Seven <laughs> games versus every other team in the league. That's 98 games in your league. Yep. Seven games versus every other team in your league. 14 other teams. Four games versus every team in the opposite league. 60 games. One extra four-game series for a league-wide rivalry week weekend. You can say Tampa Bay, my, uh, Miami, the New York Subway Series, the yeah, Chicago yeah. Series, LA, you match and, everyone up with and, with and the, Anaheim with the closest. Thing and then you have wild card, wild card weekend. Best remains the same. And, you, and I said Jorge for commissioner. Let's go. I'll take you know, it. You, it's not a high bar to clear <laughs> with Manfred in charge. But but you do but you, but but, I, but, I, but it, it makes it makes the schedule even. But it will give you this. Everyone's basically playing the same schedule. But I will give you this. I am genuinely looking forward to the San Diego, yeah. Philadelphia, uh, and LCS because yeah. I'm tired of seeing the Dutch. Houston has made it to their fifth straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is like Atlanta in the 90s. We're, we don't want to see Atlanta anymore. Now, I know Madison Avenue and Park Avenue, where the baseball offices are, MLB, are rooting for the Yankees because they could have a marquee team, mm-hmm. you know, and a big market in there. And I'll end with this. I sent you this tweet, I believe yesterday or the day before. San Diego is a smaller market than the Miami and Miami is. Yet they have thrown money at Annie Machado, mm-hmm. Hugh Darvish, Preach. Fernando Tatis Keep Jr., it going. Blake Snell. Um, I know I'm missing players. What 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 gives? I mean, yes, San Diego only you know they lost the Chargers, and that's literally all they have is the Padres, and San, but San Diego does have beaches, does have great weather, mm-hmm. does have other things to do. It's a naval town, doesn't have maybe the the great amount zoo. of <laughs> amount of things to do. I can't. You know what? My last year, I didn't go on on on. It was when I was basically. Uh, just checked out my last month. I didn't go to New England and and San Diego. Do I want to go to San Diego? I should have gone, but and I'll go one day. But it was it's uh it, it's a small market, and why? Now that's probably they draw better than us because it's the only team in town. It, it literally is the only team in town. But the Chargers. But my, if you win in Miami, you're gonna draw, <laughs> and it's been proven it's time a, and a, time and time again. It's a vicious cycle, which we talked about. Two weeks ago, or I talked about two weeks ago on that. Put a winner, and people will show up. But you, but you have to spend the money. Yep. So Manny Machado, even though don't like the guy, Miami born and bred, mm. Hialeah born and bred. You know, you go after, and I was saying stuff about Castellano two weeks ago. No, he did have a good season. He is having a good postseason. But Philly, San Diego, that is going to be. Really, really fun series. And you nailed it. That was your that was your pick. <laughs> I can't. That was your pick. I said, I said, you I like said, the Phillies. You named the two of them. I said the two of them. I said <laughs> I like the Phillies, but I think it's gonna be the Phillies and and, the, and San Diego fighting for it. And San Diego was like twenty games out yeah. of the Dodgers, so he's becoming hot. That's what the Atlanta uh, uh, the manager of Atlanta said. They got we, they ran to a buzzsaw. The Phillies are right now 
And they needed our help to get into the postseason. They needed us to beat Milwaukee three out of four times. Yeah. You're and, welcome, Philly. Yeah. We need ring. We want rings for that. Okay? They're having a blast. I got to, you know, I, I've said this before, the, the first base coach married to a former student of mine, and and uh, his and, and his mother-in-law was there who, who texted me all the time from the games, and nice. she texted me. She FaceTimed me from a party they were having on on the night that they, they beat the Braves, and it was just going on and on. That's awesome. And by the way, JT Romuto with an inside-the-park home run. The catcher. First, the first one in, in postseason history. First catcher in postseason history. But it will never beat Mike Redmond's inside-the-park yeah. home run in, in, in <laughs> Pro Player Stadium. That was the stuff of legends. Yeah, when he got yeah. to home plate, it's like the man was red the entire game. <laughs> no, JT said that he was gassed for the next three innings, and he had to get behind the plate. You know, God bless him. So it's been an interesting and let's see postseason. Let's see what the Yankees do tonight. Uh, thankfully, it's being recorded now because if it was being, if we would have lost last night, um, I'd be in a in a foul mood because I don't know. I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with this team. But at least I'm watching postseason baseball. That's... I mean, I I'm sure my compadre oh, here would love would... to be you know hate watching a team in the postseason. You know it. You know. You know. Instead it. of hate watching them during regular season. So that's it. Please, again, <clears throat> excuse me. It is a witness to joy, Chiara Corbello Petrillo's life. We'll put the link um, in the um, in the in the podcast description. Read it, meditate upon it, let yourself be loved by God. You know, and you know, entrust all your cares to Him, like this couple did. Everything else will take care of itself. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And props to JC, who always listens to this podcast, for a great respect life brunch yeah, yesterday yeah. and nights of Columbus. God bless you all.